podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast, part of Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to drop us a rating and review after the episode. Check us out on social media and on our website at atpsports.net. Okay, welcome to our trade deadline um, special. Um, it has been a wild and wacky couple of hours, a lot of trades coming in, and there's probably some we don't even know about that are going to fly right under the radar as well, and we'll find out in a couple of days. Um, joining me today is Ryan, as always, um, so it's great to have him, and we've got a special guest from Miami Heat UK, and we've got Danny. Danny, um, you've got your own podcast and stuff, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm a contributor at, uh, at the Miami Heat UK on Twitter. Uh, we have a uh, YouTube channel where we do a lot of pre-games. Uh, that's at the Miami Heat UK TV. Um, and yeah, we have a, a podcast as well. Where we, you know, just weekly uh, content on uh, the Miami Heat and what's going on there. Um, and you can find them all on, you know, Spotify, Apple Playlist, uh, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, and all your uh, podcast networks. Yep. Awesome. Um, and for our listeners, um, we still have Across the Pond NHL podcast running. And this week we launched Across the Pond MLB podcast with Jasha. Um, we've got Molly and Tracy hosting there. Um, so this week's episode is more about finding out about them, their love for baseball. And there's a cool um, story f- uh, about Chadwick Boseman in there as well. So do check out the episode with those guys as they start to warm up uh, for the start of uh, Major League Baseball. Um, now, Danny, you're a, a Heat fan. Um, first trade we're going to talk about is uh, your nemesis, um, <laughs> the, the Orlando Magic. Now, um, off air, I was saying that they pretty much sold the house, the farm, uh, the outhouses and everything in between and anything that wasn't nailed down. Um, they have got Otto Porter Jr. Um, from the Bulls. Um, however, there is some kind of conflict as to whether he'll stay there. Um, Aaron Gordon's left. Vucevic has left. Uh, Aaron Gordon's end up in Denver. Vucevic is in, in Chicago. And is this, is this the Orlando Magic going for a rebuild after kind of years with Aaron Gordon? Yeah, it certainly looks like it, doesn't it? I mean, as well, uh, Fournier to the Celtics. Is that right? If I mm-hmm. remember that correctly. So yeah. they've really sort of, uh, you know, tore the roof off, if you will, on that franchise. And they're looking like they're going to do a complete rebuild, which is, um, which is, which is strange. Uh, I wasn't really, I wasn't really convinced that they were going to give away Vooch, um, especially just the season he was having. Um, I mean, the Miami, uh, not the Miami Heat, excuse me, uh, the online magic just um, don't seem to get it right. Um, and, you know, they had a really solid core of guys. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon's a, he's a sort of perennial kind of, obviously he's not an all-star, but, you know, he's a perennial guy. He, he's, he's, he's a really talented guy, um, but it just seems like they want to start over again. Um, so I don't really know what else to say. Just good luck to them, I guess. 
I, I've always been a big fan of uh, Aaron Gordon, and I've always thought he would be a good fit in Utah, um, always. And because I think he's very much in in the making of a Derek Favors, and, and Derek Favors has had a very good career um, in Utah. The Evan Fournier to, to the Boston Celtics, that's a good bit of business for Boston. Um, Danny Ainge has been under immense pressure um, because they've not really done a whole lot with the mountain of picks. Um, I mean, Tatum uh, can only do so much. Um, and it's been tough for them, Ryan. And Orlando, though, I mean, this this is definitely a full rebuild. Um, but how long is it until they kind of come back to, to be somewhat of a force in the East? Somewhat of a force in the East? Well, I think this year they had a real good shot if all their guys were healthy. Like, they had a massive, massive injury crisis this whole year going. It just seemed to be, oh, we got our guys back. Oh, no, most of them are injured again. Every single day, it was another injury on top of another injury. Um, I have to say, like they just literally pulled a David, a David Copperfield. They put a big screen up in front of all their team and then reeled it. No team left. Um, so you basically just got uh, Terence Ross sitting there tweeting out, "I'm the captain now." Are you T Ross? You're the captain from the bench. You're not going to play this year. You're 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 hurt. Like if you come back and play with these guys, that is not going to be good for your next season. They did actually get Wendell Carter Jr., who I actually think is probably now one of their better players. Um, he was obviously on the Bulls and he was getting kind of pushed down the pecking order because um, Scott Brooks didn't like him. Scott Brooks? Is it Scott Brooks that's in the Bulls? I keep forgetting because they were both OKC and one of them went to the Wizards. I think it's Scott Brooks at the Wizards. The yeah, other OKC guy, yeah, the other OKC guy went to the went to the Bulls, and he didn't like uh, Wendell Carter Jr. mainly for the fact that he couldn't stay out of foul trouble. Um, so, if the Magic can get him under control and actually make something of him, I think that'll be a real good pickup for them. Um, but yeah, you're you're talking about how Boston literally got Evan Fournier for a, ba- a half eaten bag of chips. That is an insane piece of business. Like two second rounders. I think there's talk about. Um, the Orlando Magic throwing in some some random guy at the back end of their bench as well. I don't think that will happen. Um, mainly for the fact that you know they're just going to take all their picks and run away, um, and be very very happy with that. Um, but yeah, Boston, this was a good trade for them. We're going to talk a little bit later on about not such a good trade for them. I feel anyway. Um, but yeah, the Magic, wow, such a such a massive massive move from them. Still talking about the Orlando Magic or one of their former players now, Aaron Gordon, um, being in Denver, Paul Millsaps, um, he, he is dropped, dropping off the map horrendously badly this season. He, he wasn't great last season. He certainly wasn't that great in the bubble. And I think Denver have recognised that they need to move on from Paul Millsap as much as he's, he's been good for them um, in the past. This last couple of seasons, he's been terrible. So I think bringing Aaron Gordon does show that they want to kind of move forward with their bigs. Um, but they've got rid of Gary Harris. Now, Gary Harris is someone who I thought would be there for for a good while. Um, he, he showed up in the bubble um, last year. However, this year, he's he's had a bit of a start-start and not, not really got going. Danny, can Gary Harris reinvent himself in Orlando with nothing else there. I mean, he's going to start, let's be honest, but um, is he going to be the best of a bad bunch? 
Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of sparks um, for the Nuggets uh, in his tenure there. You know, you could see that potential with him. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he's like as the lead guy on that team. Um, obviously, we're, we're obviously still waiting for um, Fultz to get back from injury too, right? And obviously, Fultz had, you know, a, quite a promising start to the season um, before the injury. So, um, there, there are pieces there. You know, there are pieces to, to start building. It's just a question of whether or not, you know, they can build a team around these guys' timelines and if they can develop the players that they're going to draft in order to fit those guys' timelines. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting for Orlando. I don't, I don't really see it to be a very promising future for them, I don't think. And, Ryan, like we said, Gary Harris, he, he kind of exploded in the bubble. Um, and one of my favourite parts of the bubble was Gary Harris versus Donovan Mitchell. That that was such a great series. I mean, the two of them were just putting up insane numbers. Um, obviously, Donovan's kind of dropped off from the bubble a little as well this season um, in terms of his efficiencies. But Gary Harris, are they moving on from him too quickly? Or was this just a move that needed to be made? I, I think you're getting them mixed up. I, it was not Jamal Murray who was going off against Donovan Mitchell. And Gary Harris had a good series, but he wasn't dropping 50 points. Oh, no, that was, was yeah, Jamal. yeah, Jamal Murray was, not it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Just only yeah, lost no. that train of thought. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think I think it's a good move for the Nuggets. I think like they're they're putting all their chips in with their guys who they've got just now and filling in holes which they do have. Um, personally, I think uh, Millsap was having a, an okay-ish start for the season and he was starting to ramp it up and then he, he got COVID and he got another injury, so he's he's kind of coming back from little niggles here and there. So for him not to play in all those minutes is much much better for him. I think at the start of the season, they were bringing him off the bench for a little bit and he was doing fantastically well. So if he goes back to that, he's going to be you know, a bit more of a threat than trying to start and play starters minutes because he's, he's not that stage of the career. Um, Gary, um, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's probably a good idea getting out on Gary when he was you know, still viable as a trade piece, mainly for the fact that this season, he just wasn't performing. Like He was not knocking down his threes. He was terrible on defense. And I, like a lot of the kind of league, he was banged up something awful. So getting what they got for Gary, for Gary is, is is really good for, for Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I think it's... I've always thought that, over, especially over the last wee while, Paul Millsap's dropped off. So um, I think it was just a matter of time until that shoe dropped. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers picked up a point guard. Um, but it wasn't Kyle Lowry. It was George Hill. Um, George Hill has been moving around the NBA somewhat um, over the last few years. Um, and it's he's one of these players that is pretty solid, um, but just hasn't been able to, to find himself at home. Will he find a home in Philadelphia, uh, Danny? Yeah, that's tough. Like you said, he's he has definitely bounced around the league quite a bit. He was, you know, he was a guy that the Heat were into as well, um, mainly for his defensive intangibles. You know, he's this veteran guy, solid guard, um, but he's just one of those that he is kind of one of those guys that you just pick up a deadline to to try and boost your team. I don't know if he's a kind of guy that you uh, you commit to long term. Uh, so I'm not sure if I see, um, depending on how he gets on in, in Philly, to be honest, um, but I don't really see him sticking around for one team for too long. 
I, I tend, I tend, I tend not to think about George Hill, especially not at the end of games with close free throws. It brings back such bad, bad memories of him in Cleveland. So I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy that he's kind of turned, his, he turned his kind of career around a little bit when he went to the Bucks and he performed quite well there. And obviously, uh, being in OKC, he started the season pretty well. So I think it's a real good pickup for the for the 76ers, especially given the fact that you know there's just so many inconsistencies of who's that second guard with Ben Simmons. See, I have some bad blood with George Hill. Um, he was one of the pieces that when Gordon Hayward made his decision to go to Boston, George Hill hung out, hung out, and hung out because the Jazz were offering him an extension and, and quite a decent one um, for the player that he was. Uh, but he held out and held out and held out and decided once Gordon Hayward went, um, he would move on at, at the same time. Um, and he, he always seemed to have a, a sore toe um, when he was playing for the Jazz. Um, he didn't play a whole lot that season and he was getting offered a lot of money to stay. Um, so, yeah, I've always thought that if he'd actually stayed, he probably potentially still would be with the Jazz now. Um, and things would be a bit different. We maybe probably wouldn't have got Ricky Rubio and stuff. Um, but suffice it to say, George Hill going to the 76ers is probably a good deal for both parties. Um, I think you're right, Ryan. I think Ben Simmons needs a bit of a break from bringing the ball up, and George Hill is probably that guy that can probably help him with that. Um, your Miami Heat, Danny, they have uh, traded... Um, for Nemanja, I can't say this. Nemanja Belitsa. Belitsa. Deal sends Mo Harkless and Chris Silva to the Kings. Um, it's, it's a pretty, pretty good deal, is it? Yeah, I mean, this is the uh, this is the deal to replace Ko. Um, you know, we we knew that in some form or another, either Ko or Iggy was going to get moved for a Defo or a Lowry. Um, and we need to fill that that four spot, you know. Um, we've been lacking in the four for uh, for a while, and it's been kind of one of the Achilles' heels of the teams. Is you know who's going to be that guy next to Bam to provide that, you know, sort of that that spark and um, you know to, to to sort of unleash Bam. And um, Bielisa isn't that guy, um, and Ko wasn't that guy either. Um, but you know you need a replacement if you're going to send um, send Ko out in the in the Vic deal. So you know solid little pickup. And again, you know um, Avery Bradley, um, not Avery Bradley, sorry, uh, Chris Silva wasn't playing. Mo Harkless was supposed to be the Jay Crowder replacement on this team when Jay left. He contributed nothing, and he's been a ter- he's just been terrible since we picked him up. He hasn't seen hardly any court time. Um, so basically, yeah, we, we, we get Bielitsa for nothing. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on Depot as well, but... Before we touch on Depot, um, you, you mentioned uh, Jay Crowder there. Um, mm-hmm. Jay Crowder, I was very upset when he left Utah. Mm-hmm. Were you upset when he left Miami? Because he was doing the exact same job for you guys as he did for, for the Jazz. Um, yeah. And he was such an important piece um, for the Jazz. And he, he looked to be that important piece for Miami as well. I love Jay. I love Jay. He was great. Um, you know, the organization loved him too. Um, you know, we wanted to keep him around. Um, but, you know, we had our we had our eyes set on a bigger prize, right? At, the, at that time, we were looking at Giannis and can we land Giannis? Um, and we just couldn't offer Jay 
the the long-term deal that he wanted you know uh, and it was really sad to see him go because you could tell the immediate effect from when he left and when we started the season um, there was a big hole at the four and you know I don't know what it is about Miami um, but they turn guys into incredible shooters over there um, maybe not so this season don't bring that up but um, you know they got the, they got the best out of Jay uh, and it was really good to have him yeah for sure he's, he's definitely missed He's a workhorse. And, Absolutely. And, U- and Utah, if you talk to jazz fans, that's what they remember about him. He's an absolute mm-hmm. workhorse. He will give 110% the entire time he's on the floor. And even sitting on the bench, he'll be up and down and jumping and clapping and cheering these guys on. So, um, nah, he's definitely missed by jazz fans. I know that for certain. Yeah. Ryan, how do you feel? You know, you've, you've been a bit of a Miami Heat fan this year. Um, are they are they kind of building a bit more for success? What do you mean this year? Can we go back? Oh, sorry, to, la- oh, to- sorry, last year as well. Sorry, <laughs> all right. Apologize. When we were doing so well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say no before before that. Like when when we were doing shows uh, oh, when LeBron in, like, when LeBron turned up. Yeah, I'll have you know, I still have my Shaq heat jersey, so don't give me any. You keep telling oh, me. So when another superstar moved, <laughs> can I can I ask can I ask Ryan because Ryan is a good friend of mine. I don't know if people on the pod know. We I've known Ryan for a long time. Um, were you there for Waiters Island at all? Did you buy stock I on was, Waiters Island? I was. You did. I, here, wow, I actually okay. moved uh, Waiters Island to OKC because I thought, wow, that's a big pickup for OKC, and <laughs> Waiters. Where's was doing so well when he started for OKC. Okay. So yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I've seen, I've seen some bad things. Okay. I've seen some very, very bad things, uh, including all that stretch last season where Myers Leonard was the starting center. Hmm. It worked what, out okay what, here and there, what? but but yeah, it's that was that was tough. That, oh, it was it was so bad to watch. So so bad to watch, especially when he was getting some of Bam's minutes as well. And you're like, what are you doing, Spo? Are you trying to rest Bam? Is that is that what's going on? Because this is not. It's not good to watch. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually think like Bilicha has the potential to have some breakout games. And I think that's what, what Kelly kind of provided this season. He showed flashes like he did in um, Boston, that he can have these kind of breakout games where he can just get real red hot. Bilicha, I think, is a better shooter than Kelly. The only the, the, the thing that, uh, that I think makes it not as good a deal as it possibly could have been is Bilicha's now 32. So he's pushing on a little bit and he was never, he's never been the fastest, um, especially when it comes to switching. And Miami's defense, there's a lot of switching um, for the fact that, that that zone that Miami go into, it really depends on the bigs at the back getting out to shooters and corners. And if, if Bielitz is that guy, he's going to get abused. So I'm hoping that, you know, over the next week or two, that Miami Heat look at maybe putting together some kind of rotations with Precious and Belitsa so that Precious is making up for the fact that Belitsa is a bit slower. So that it'll be really interesting to watch to see how that, that turns out. Uh, so let's talk about the big trade in Miami, Oladipo. Um, obviously, Kelly Linick ends up in Houston. Um, you know, Kelly Linick has been pretty decent for Miami. He's, he's been pretty solid. Um, I actually, I liked him in Boston. I thought he, he fit in there pretty well. Um, but Oladipo, I mean, that is, obviously he's had a few injury troubles 
um, in the last couple of years. And he is definitely a player that I'm hoping gets back to absolute 110% energy because he is like a firecracker when he goes off. Um, you've got Jimmy and you've got Oladipo. I mean, that's that's a pretty good gruesome twosome you've got right there in Miami now. Yeah, I wanted Oladipo at the start of the season. Um, I've been I've been on that on that train for a long time, and we essentially got him for nothing, right? We got him for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a twenty twenty two pick swap. I mean, if that's not in the Godfather we trust, I, I don't really know what is. Uh, that was that was a trade where you you essentially get you get well you keep all your assets. You know, I've been, I've been, you know, we've been, you know, hyping up the trade deadline for a long time over on Miami Heat UK, you know, talking to all the, you know, Heat Twitter and things like that. And one of the things that was really concerning about the trade deadline was, okay, we're going to have to give up Duncan Robinson. We're going to have to give up Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, someone, some of our, you know, pieces that we, you know, we really like, we really love these guys, right? You end up getting Victor Oladipo for nothing and you keep all your guys and now you have a real bench mob right so we've got you know a fantastic bench unit who are probably going to play more up to the expectations of what they should have been at the start of the season now that the trade deadline's over I think the trade deadline kind of really took effect on on some of these younger guys um, some of their names in trade talks kind of maybe um, sort of hurt them a little bit because obviously I don't know as you know that you know, the, the Heat haven't been shooting very well at all. And, you know, Tyler and Duncan are, you know, well, incredible shooters. So, um, yeah, I hope we go to sort of back to the mean on them and having Victor Oladipo as that kind of quick, defensive-minded scorer. You know, he's not going to be the point guard. You know, Jimmy and Bam will still bring up the ball, still going to facilitate. And then you've got Goran coming off the bench. Um, but, you know, give give Depot the ball in the clutch situations and he's going to make a shot for you. And that's what we've been missing on this team. You know, Jimmy is, Jimmy is a closer in, in, in the sense that, you know, he'll drive hard and get to the line, but he's not a shot making closer. Uh, and we missed that and we haven't had that. So, um, so yeah, Depot is a huge pickup. Does he make, uh, does he make you guys uh, a more championship team now? Um, because I think there had been a drop-off, obviously injuries and everything else, but that had been somewhat of a drop-off um, this season in terms of performances and shooting and everything else. And Pat Riley's pretty famous for being ruthless um, when it's come to, to shipping players on. And um, we've seen that in the past, that he's got no qualms about doing it. Um, you'll shake your hand the day before, all oh, right, mate, you're my best bud. Next day he trades you. So he does have that kind of reputation. So it's not, it's quite understandable that young players would kind of be worried for their futures as to where they might end up. So I suppose from that perspective, that's probably worked out quite well that everyone's there. Yeah, I think this, getting to your first point, I think this definitely, it puts us over the over the top, right? I think this is, the Heat needed to make a move. They they needed some. They needed something to shake this team up because um, the start of the season, I think, the quick turnaround from you know the bubble run to the finals to then back to the season and then COVID protocol with basically Jimmy out for 10, 12 games, Bam out with an injury, Goran's out with an injury. You know, we had a shaky start, and I think um, 
we put a little bit too much pressure on the young guys to uh, to succeed early on. You know, we put the ball in Tyler Hero's hands, for instance, at the start of the season as the point guard, and that experiment didn't really work. So I think um, Depot really kind of puts you over the top, and you, you start to think now as a Heat fan, you start to think, you know, this might be possible again. You know, we've run it back, but we've added a key piece. Maybe we could get to the finals again. Awesome. But you've got to get past Brooklyn. So, yeah, but it, you add Depot, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a nice little uh, defensive piece you've got there against them. So, so yeah. It's I'd like to good. see that matchup for Depot and Harden. Uh, yeah, that would be Kyrie. nice. That would be pretty decent. And what we'll do, um, we will take a, a real quick break and we'll be right back after this. So by now, you'll have seen our website, atpsports.net. You gotta admit, it's pretty awesome. It was brought to you by the team at Data Squared. You can find them on the web at datasq2.co.uk. They're dedicated to bringing the very best in website design with hosting and security. Their aim is to provide you with the very best package you need to help spread the word about your business. Data Squared will design and build a website for you. And they'll build it not just for desktop, but for all devices so you can be seen on the move. Data Squared will help you choose your domain, making sure it's relevant to you and your business. And they'll open up an online store for you. They have the tools so you can keep track of customers, their orders, stock, and much, much more. So why not expand your business online today? with data squared visit datasq2.co.uk okay so we're back and uh, danny and ryan are still with me we're going through the trades from the trade deadline um it's been quite a day there's been quite a number of trades uh, to get through um so the next one i will quickly touch on is gary trent jr and rodney hood have been traded to the raptors for norman powell um gary trent jr in portland um was pretty good he just showed up and started hitting threes um and this season probably hasn't done as much as they would have liked and but ryan rodney hood is on the move again and he seems to be coming the new george hill and just kind of moving around team to team to team um is he going to be a journeyman by the end of his career i think injuries have really played them i think if he didn't have so many little niggling injuries and stuff, he would definitely pick a spot and stay there. Um, but no doubt you're probably, some, some of our listeners are probably thinking, ah, look at that, another another guy that LeBron ruined, has had to then move around his career just because LeBron didn't like him in Cleveland, blah, 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 blah. Did LeBron, LeBron not like him? No, we didn't want him on the court for a lot of the time, mainly for the fact that he was just terrible at knocking down threes. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's definitely not because of that. It meant it like I think like Ronnie Hood's a good player. He's not had the best run of it in the past two to three years, um, and every time he looks like he's going to get a run out in a run out in a team, something else comes up, make, make it illness, COVID, ankle sprains, whatever. It just seems to keep derailing him. So I, I'm not surprised that he's moving around again. I don't think he's probably going to stay in the Raptors. The Raptors have a like a massive plethora of these kind of small forward type guys. And he's definitely not in the top five of those guys. Um the same with Gary Trent Jr. Um I don't think that he's in the top three of their guards. So that's it's a strange it's a strange move. Um because Norm Powell, as you were saying, he was just light lights out the whole season. Forty four percent from three and you know really carrying that offense when Kyle was out for a little bit when Van, Van Vliet was out for a little bit, when Siakam was out, when OG was out, Powell just showed up and, you know, 
was a duck to water in the start, starting starting unit. So giving away for for what they got, I think it's a strange one. Who wins yeah. this trade, Danny? Is it is it the the Raptors or is it the the Blazers or is there a winner? Is it just I don't know. This is a very it's a very interesting one. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. is a young guy, right? So, you know, is this part of Toronto's sort of plan to kind of blow it up after the end of the season, you know, um, try and hold on to a guy who looks promising in Gary Trent Jr. You know, he's had how many seasons, three seasons in the league so far. Um, he looks all right. He's, you know, he's a, he's a good, he's a, he's a decent shooter. Um, yeah. I, I don't, is there a winner from this trade? Cause I don't, I don't think so. I think, Maybe actually the the Raptors kind of are the loser in a way uh, because you know Norm Powell was 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 do, was playing so well. So yes, yeah, I don't really have much to add to that. What what yeah. I find what I find uh, strange about it is where does Norm Powell play? Because he's definitely not going to start unit for Portland. He's not taking CJ's minutes. Does, he doesn't he doesn't get any Dame's minutes. So does he become the new point guard off the bench for for Portland? That, that could be where he ends up, um, or do they go small and have three guards start and, and play with three guards? That would be that would be another he, way to go because he because he is a he is a bigger guard, right? I, I don't know how how tall Norm Powell is, but he is a bigger guard, right? Yeah, he's bigger than he's bigger than Damon CJ, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but if if they do that, I mean, they would need to have. Uh, Nurkic is apparently coming back this this week. He's he's came out on Twitter and said, "I'm going to play on Friday, guys. Don't worry, I'm back." And um, so that's nice to see Nurkic back. Um, but it'll probably be Nurkic, uh, Covington, then possibly Powell, um, with CJ and them. I think that's a strange mix-up though, because you've got three guys all really need the ball in their hands. So I don't get it. Mm. It is a weird one. Um, we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. Um, Tony Bradley was part of the, the George Hill trade. Um, he's now in Oklahoma. Um, Vincent Proreir uh, <laughs> was traded to the Knicks, but that's uh, pretty much a non-event. He's never going to play there. Um, Lou Williams is headed to the Hawks for Rajan Rondo, who's on his way to the Clippers. Um, Ryan, that's got to be a, a tough one for him. For for Luo, I um, I think he'll flourish there more than he was doing in the Clippers this season. Um, obviously, Ty Lewis made a kind of statement by not putting him in the the starting role when all these point guards and stuff were out. Um, so him to be now the the, the clear backup to um, uh, Trey Young, I think he's going to really like that because you know Atlanta don't play any defense anyway, so all he needs to do is just shoot the ball. Totally, totally at his game. Um, whereas Rondo going to the Clippers, so he's back in LA. Wow, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Lakers offered him enough to stay last season, and he decided to go, nah, do you know what? I'm going to go and mentor my own group of guys. I don't need you guys. I'm out here. Um, so, yeah. It's a tough one, and I think um, Rajan is at that point of his career where he is just... Um, again, another guy since leaving Boston, he's just kind of moved around everywhere. Um, Lou Williams, I'm surprised because I think I thought I kind of always thought of Lou Williams now in LA. He's kind of been there, has he not won their sixth man like two or three times or something? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. 
and like he's I'm, I'm bemused by it and um I, I think he's probably still had a lot more to offer um and he can still bring up the ball and stuff I just don't know how that's going to work uh Williams will be competing in a very crowded rotation with her reddish Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that's a good move for, for Lou. Uh, probably is for Raj, Rajon because he kind of just keeps moving along. Um, I, I, another player that moved um, and that has become a, a kind of moving piece um, around trade deadlines is uh, JJ Redick. Um, the Pelicans traded JJ Redick to the Mavericks. Um, he's coming to the end of his career. And he, is, he does seem to be kind of getting moved around in terms of his contracts, easy to move. Um, and you can pick up kind of smaller, easier pieces, I guess, to, to then move that around thereafter. Um, he does um, go to the Mavericks um, with Niccolo Melli. Probably not pronouncing that great. Um, he's a bit of a sharpshooter as well. Um, Melli isn't really guaranteed a spot, though, in the rotation. Um and you probably wouldn't want him in your fantasy team anytime soon. Uh, but this is a move that, I don't know, I just, I don't see what the Mavericks are, are really trying to do here by bringing in these two pieces. Uh, well, I think, like, the, the Mavericks, where they've really struggled this season is when Doncic is not on the floor, who's shooting? You know, Jay Rich usually plays most of his minutes with Doncic, so bringing in... Uh, JJ and Melly, it, it gives the Mavericks a different dimension of yeah. Even our bench can shoot threes. You know, they they were trying to make uh, Dorian Finney Smith into this knockdown three point shooter. They thought if they just gave him enough shots, he would eventually turn into one. It just it doesn't work out. You know, it, it must he must be like the odd one out in that whole rotation though, because he's looking around going, yeah, Kleber shooting threes, Porzingis is shooting from the logo. Dontage is shooting threes. Jalen Brunson is shooting threes. I'm sitting here and I can't even make the most basic corner three. So he's now got even more people to be annoyed at the fact that they can shoot and he can't. So I, I like the move from the Mavs. I think it, it gives them more firepower because I think that series that they had the, the, with the Clippers last season, that's what they really lacked. You know, they, they had the grit and determination, but when uh, Paul George and Kawhi and stuff stepped up, they couldn't they didn't have enough to go with them because Porzingis was injured. Dontich was having to do it all himself. So these guys will really, really help that team, I think. Yeah. Um, JJ Redick is certainly one as well that enjoys um, being a mentor to, to younger players. Um, and I think that uh, from that perspective, you would want to bring in JJ Redick for, for that alone, I think, sometimes, because I think he is quite a... Uh, Influential guy, yeah, and he's so mature and kind of comes in. He's a kind of family guy and stuff. So um, I'm sure he's probably not happy about having to move again. <laughs> but because um, I know um, when he was playing for Philadelphia, he still had his house in Brooklyn um, and would be traveling to Philadelphia um, for training and stuff. So and for games, um, so his his kid could go to the same school that they were at. Um, but yeah, it's got to be tough. Again, another move, um, this time to Dallas. Um, now, your boy, Lamello, um, obviously is injured and sidelined. Um, so the Hornets have went up 
and picked up Brad Wanameager from uh, the Warriors to add themselves uh, a bit depth. Yeah, I I think that's a weird one. Um, mainly for the fact that um, Wanamaker was waived earlier on this season um, by the Warriors, and then he got picked up on a 10-day again and then re-signed with the Warriors. It was a weird, weird kind of situation where Steve Kerr really fell in and out of love with him. Um, he was really good last season for the Celtics, um, but this season he's not really been doing a lot of, lot of anything. The the Hornets, obviously, without Lamel now for, it looks like, most of the regular season, which is a real shame. Um, I'm still a little bit heartbroken for the fact that it kind of ruins a little bit of my fantasy league team. Um, but, yeah, them's the breaks. I think if I if I win one by Kyle not going, it's only right that I lose one by Lamel getting hurt. Um so yeah, I think it's I think it's a weird one though. I, I don't see how he fits in that that rotation that much because Malik Monk is really you know really really hot and the Martins have now started to hit from three as well. So Wanamaker, I don't think they really need him. Are, are the Hornets your like league pass team that like you would watch on league pass just because they're playing? Uh, I would say I, I, I like tuning into some of their games, um, mainly for the fact that I started the season with Gordon Hayward. Um, so I'd always kind of double check to see if he was injured or not, which most of the time it was, yes, he is injured. Great. I need to try and trade him quick, quick, quick before anyone realizes. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're a good team to watch. They're, they're a team that don't really take themselves too seriously. Um, but I do think that, as I, as I said before the season kicked off, they're in the playoffs this year. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're too. They're too good not to. They're too good not to when they had Lamelo, but without Lamelo, eh, I still, think, still, they've got, I still think they've got enough. I still think they've got enough. I mean, okay. you've got you've got Hayward in a bit of a slump just now. So if he gets out of that, then yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I mean, the, the, we all we all know the East isn't really really strong in depth. You know, you've got the top three or four teams, and then below that, you've got about five or six more teams all battling for being in the playoffs without having to do play-in and the play-in game is going to be probably the Wizards. I mean, really, the Wizards aren't great. So, you know. That's one thing I, I will say. Now, I know we're doing trade deadline, but um, just looking at the standings, if you look at the East, uh, the seventh team, the sixth team, and the fifth team are all 22 and 22. Everyone after that has a, a losing record. Um, if you look at the West, all the way down to the tenth team of the Warriors were twenty-two and twenty-two. So, like, there's such a disparity, and and kind of you you would I think in a perfect world, your kind of top seven teams on both sides would have winning records, but um, it's not not the way it works. Um, back on to trades um, and the Golden State Warriors. Um, Marquis Chris has moved um, again. Um, this time from the Warriors to the Spurs. Now, surely this is because um, Aldridge is, uh, is he going to get bought out or because he's not, he didn't get traded at all, did he? No, he did not. But um, the Marquis Chris trade, it's quite hard to say that. So many S's all in a row. <laughs> um, but yeah, that trade is nothing more than uh, the Spurs taking on a bit of money um, and getting a bit of cash like in the side pocket from the Golden State Warriors and the Golden State Warriors trying to avoid as much luxury tax as possible. Um, Marquis Chris has is, is broke his leg, so he's out for the whole season. So he's not going to play. Um, but he was developing to 
a bit more of a player. Um, last season at the Warriors, he actually showed a bit of glimpses of actual hope. Um, and at the start of the season, he'd, he'd shown a bit of maturity and stuff. So it was a shame that he had to obviously be rolled out this whole season because with that Warriors team, they needed a versatile big and drew they were out without Draymond at the start of the season. So they were trying to pump minutes into James Wiseman, who is now their starting centre. Um, Steve Kerr came out and said it and said that he will now be their starting centre. I don't know if that makes a great deal of difference to what he's actually doing, though, because he, he still only played like 22 minutes the other night. So starting centre or not, I don't. this season is not a good season for James Wiseman. Not after where he was drafted. Um, and I think if Marcus Chris was healthy, he would not be getting 22 minutes. Um, because Chris would have taken that those minutes off him because he's I think he's a better player. Um, there's something to be said for players that get traded when they're injured. Should players that are injured be embargoed? Like if you, if you know a player's going to be out for a full season, I mean, should should there be some kind of embargo? Because effectively, you're asking a guy here who's got what a broken leg or something to to then up sticks and move to. To San Antonio. Well, I don't know if he's actually going to move or not. I think that that might be a case of he gets bought out uh, along with Aldridge and stuff. Um, so I think it's, it's it was a case of, look, you give us some cash, we'll take the hit because the Spurs they have they have a bit of room to play with uh, per se compared to the Warriors, and I think um, it might be a case of uh, we'll scratch your uh, your back if you scratch ours down the line rather than, you know, anything real kind of malicious towards the player. I think the player's interests will be taken into consideration. And the fact that, I mean, if I was Marcus Chris and I saw um, my opportunities in uh, Golden State absolutely plummet because they drafted a centre and the Spurs are looking at starting young, I would go, oh, I might want to start with the San Antonio Spurs, actually. That might be a good place for me to start my career with properly. It's a, it's one of those trades that you kind of look at it and you're kind of like, they're not really getting anything until next year. Now we know that Brooklyn did the same thing with Durant. Um, obviously Durant's totally different kettle of fish, but, um, but well, I, I don't like trades when it involves injured players because you're just kind of there's so much up in the air thereafter because is there something maybe potentially they are going to buy him out or they're just going to wave them or it's weird and if there is money kind of changing hands and stuff I just don't know I'm not a big fan of, of injured players moving I think especially for the player themselves because there was a player that played for Cleveland was it Joe Harris Joe Harris was in Cleveland am I remembering this he was wrong? he was right right at the start of the se- uh, start of his career he was yeah and he, he got injured and he went for surgery and two minutes before surgery, he got a phone call and said he'd been traded. <laughs> now, I, I think that the Players Association should probably have stepped in and said, well, hang on a second. The guy's just about to have surgery, for God's sake. You know what I mean? Um, so I think there should be, if there's a particular injury that's going to be long term, I think the, the Players Association and the league, when it comes to the next CBA, should maybe be talking more about kind of protecting players especially kind of their mindsets. Because when you've got a big injury um, and you're going to be out for a long, long time, you want stability um, and you want to know that you're going to be with the same medical team because you build up a a relationship with a medical team that's supporting you and getting you back on your feet. 
and then all of a sudden you get traded and you've got a new medical team so I, I yeah. would just I would just like to I don't know I'm just thinking of it from a mental standpoint from a player um yeah definitely definitely I can I can see it from the the other aspect as well though because I mean can we can we just all remember someone called Chandler Parsons you know <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. if, if, he wasn't injured if, though <laughs> Wow, he kept injuring himself by tripping over his own feet, didn't he? So <laughs> I can't see. I think a doctor has to see you're injured, not yourself. That, I think that, that's the first thing. You know, there has to be some kind of medical stance on it, um, and you're not just going to get keep getting paid because um, Mark Cuban's your best bud. But uh, I don't think that's very right. But um, is there any trades that didn't happen um, that you thought were going to go through? So um, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier on about the Kyle Lowry situation where Danny was hoping that he was going to end up in Miami. Um, now, again, with my my fantasy manager hat on, I'm very glad that didn't happen because I have Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. Um, and if that had happened, that would have been, again, it would have been okay for my season because Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, I think, can coexist and get the same kind of points anyway. So that's all good. Um, but... I know I'm in a slightly better position than the fact that he is now left and uh, being one of the only guards that's reasonably good in uh, Toronto. So he's one of them um, that didn't happen. Um, I think a lot of teams pulled out quite early doors on his on his agreements, mainly for the fact that um, Mazzari Yuri uh, was asking quite a lot, which I think a lot of people thought that they were just going to give him away for free um, and say, look, he's only really a rental um, he'll come back next season anyway with uh, with, uh, with his own kind of rights. Um, but, you know, he's going to end up his career in Toronto and that's it's all power to him. I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I really am. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I heard the Lakers were involved in him um, and I thought, I actually thought that would be a good move for the Lakers. Don't know how they would have managed it with cap and luxury taxes and everything else. Um but, KCP, get out here. <laughs> but but you could 100% see him going back to Toronto um, and, and finishing out his career in Toronto anyway. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a... Uh, that one was a bit of a bum steer, I think, the Kyle Lowry. That would, that, I had a lot of excitement about that. Um, I was getting... My phone was going off the hook and with, oh, he's going here, oh, he's going there. Um, in between all the rest of the actual trades that happened. Um, is there any big winner from today? Um, I think the biggest winner, um, I'm surprised to say this, but I think it's the Chicago Bulls. Um, like, I'm not a fan of how they've ran the rotations this season. I think like they relied way too heavily on Zach Levine. And, you know, they're not, they don't seem to have a plan in place for how they want to play. It still seems to be, just give the ball to Zach, let him do his thing, everyone get out of his way, which isn't going to win you games. You know, it's not going to be a consistent way to win games. Um, so obviously they traded and got Vucevic and Aminu, and they got rid of a centre who they were not a big fan of. Um, they also actually got uh, Daniel Tice um, with a, a random uh, swap with uh, Dan Gafford to the Wizards for Mo Wagner and then traded Mo Wagner for Daniel Tice. Now, I think that was a strange one for the Celtics because Daniel Tice has been a real good player for the Celtics this year. He's definitely been outperforming Tristan Thompson. So to give Daniel twi- Tice uh, twice um, your for you your, your ma- exactly uh, <laughs> your main centre away for Mo Wagner, who is 
a little bit injury prone. Not really your traditional center. He's a little bit smaller, and he's more of a three point shooter. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that one. That's a bit of a strange one, but I think the, the winners for me um, are the teams that that didn't kind of splash out, didn't go mental. Um, I'm going to say the Utah Jazz. I think they've kept their ship nice and steady. They've not because I think what happens a lot of the times with teams like the Utah Jazz, who are good, decent kind of playoff teams, um, but then they start to panic and they start to go all in. And we've seen teams do that in the past where, you know, they're near the top of the table and they're thinking, this is our year, this is our year, we, we, we need a superstar, we need a superstar. Um, and I'm glad that teams like the Utah Jazz haven't done that because um, I, <laughs> more often than not bites you in the ass um, thereafter. Can you, just out of curiosity, can you name the player that Utah Jazz did get? Yeah, we got Ella. So, uh, I can't pronounce his name. No, you got Elias over ages ago. Oh, yeah, we got him ages ago. Yeah. Who did, oh, no, who did we... you get today? Oh, I can't remember his name because it wasn't one of the ones minute, I looked at. Wait a minute. Have I, have I rumbled to the apparent jazz fan that I know a slightly a bit more about the jazz than you? Just no, now? I just can't remember his name and I've not oh. got it up in front of me. So, <laughs> ah, he's, he's scrambling. He's scrambling, folks. Um, yeah, it was Mad Thomas, um, one of the guards from uh, the Raptors. He's a real good three-point shooter. Um, and he'll be, I think he'll be a, a, you know, a bit of a kind of competition for uh, Clarkson since the uh, Clarkson's in a bit of a kind of a rut of form just now. Um, just looking at obviously percentages and stuff wise, um, you guys are in a bit of a kind of rut of form just now with the the distance shooting. What's 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 still winning games here in that? Yeah, still, still winning. Yeah, still winning still games. games. Well, you, you won against you won against who last night? The Nets without Harden, Kyrie, KD, um, Steve Nash. D'Antoni, uh, any crowd, baskets, whatever. There was just nothing there for the Nets last night. So is that a real against, You can only play <laughs> against the team that they put in front of you. <laughs> if that's all they want to put in front of us, then that's what we're going to yeah, play. Yeah, um, I suppose nah, so. Uh, yeah, but I mean, let's be honest, he's not a superstar name that you're bringing in. No, no. Um, he no is a, you... he's, a, he's a piece that will yeah. be probably a decent rotational po- point, but yeah. I don't think he's, he's going to set the world on fire. No, not not when uh, smoking Joe's just absolutely balling out. Um, have, have you seen have you the heard? new? Have you seen the new NBA logo? Is it Joe Hart? Is it um, Joe Ingles? Yeah, the new. If anyone <laughs> hasn't seen the new NBA logo with featuring Joe Ingles, um, you should Google it because it is hilariously funny. Um, what we'll do then is we'll call it a day. Um, it has been a massive trade deadline day. Um, probably a, a lot of these times they fall flat in their face. Um, because nothing happens um, or you get like little pieces moving here and there. But today has actually been a really good day. Um, I'm sure, Ryan, your phone's been buzzing just as much as mine has with deals going through and speculation and everything else. So it's been a real good day. Um, big shout out to Melissa, um, who's been doing our voiceovers for us. Um, they're awesome um, and we love them. Um, they're across all of our shows now as well, um, from the Across the Pond NHL and Across the Pond MLB. Um, don't forget to check out those two shows. Um, we had um, the Across the Pond MLB show launch uh, just this week. Um, so they've got their kind of intro show, so everyone can kind of find out who they are and what they're about. And Ian Mendez from The Athletic joined the NHL 
podcast. Um, so check out Ian Mendez from The Athletic um, talking to Josh and Chris. Uh, but for now, I'm going to hand over to Melissa to close us out. You've been listening to Across the Pond Sports Podcast, part of Across the Pond Sports Network. Keep checking back for more episodes. Sports Social Podcast Network.